Philanthropy. It's all about giving to the causes that matter to you the most and making a real difference in the lives of others. But is this an activity that is reserved just for the super wealthy? Or is it possible for the average person to become a philanthropist? What cause tugs at your heart that you wish you could provide funding for? Is there a way right now to live your dream with purpose? These are the blaring questions this podcast will explore. You'll hear from people that are making it happen, how they're doing it, along with tips, techniques, and ideas along the way. Prepare to get inspired, motivated, and learn as you step into the dream of living your best life with purpose. My name is Nancy Landa. Welcome to Cause Talk Radio. Today's episode is all about negativity. Now, I know that sounds horrible, but stay with me here. First, I'll show you how negative influences affect your mindset. In the Taking Action segment, I'll share with you some strategies on how you can manage or even eliminate negative influences. In the Thriving Health segment, I'll talk about effective problem solving. And then in the God Speaks segment, I'll share how God revealed who didn't belong on my board of directors and why. I want to talk with you today about negative influences and the effect they have on you. This is something I struggled with personally for years. Negative influences will kill your focus and destroy your effectiveness in pursuing your cause if you allow it to. Yes, you get to decide. Let me start by defining a negative influence. It is anyone or anything that is in direct or indirect opposition to your cause. They can create fear in your mind, cause you to question whether you your dream could ever even become a reality, question your faith or your effectiveness. Negative influences are a distraction, plain and simple. They take over your mind, and when that happens, you find yourself thinking about any possible problems that might happen, and then you're focused on resolving those problems that haven't even happened yet. Do you see what I mean? Now you're thinking about negative stuff rather than the here and now and what you can do to move forward with your cause. They distract you from focusing on moving ahead and keep you in problem-solving mode of problems that haven't even happened yet and probably never will happen. So where do negative influences come from? They can come from sources you don't even expect. You can be sharing your dream with a family member and suddenly that family member is opposing you. They're telling you that your cause isn't something you should pursue and they will proceed to then give you reasons why it isn't viable. They may even suggest that while your cause is a good one, that you are not the right person to pursue it. They are so close to you, they believe they are in authority on who you are. They know all your failures and shortcomings. So they believe that your best interest is what they have at heart. Ultimately, they can cause you to second guess yourself and your abilities. And if you give them the power, it can kill your dream. You will then begin to question if you are the right person to pursue your cause. We want the people that are um, that closest to us to validate our cause, to encourage us to go after it, and to agree with us that we are the right person for the job. We have a tendency to expect this from our family. After all, they are supposed to be on our side, in our corner, and know our abilities, right? They're supposed to see past our flaws and see who we really are and what we are capable of. At least that's the way it's supposed to work, right? 
When I wanted to take care of my parents in the last years of their life, and I shared that vision with my family, there were a couple that were adamantly opposed to the idea. They gave valid reasons why I wasn't qualified based on my past experiences. They knew of my failures and pointed them out to me. It was harsh and hard to hear. I didn't expect their opposition. It kind of blindsided me, but it gave me pause. And it caused me to begin questioning what I desired to do. Many of the points they made were valid. I had some failures that, from a logical point of view, made sense. They were right, it seemed. It caused me to get on my knees and question God. Is this what he wanted me to do? I needed validation from him. He was the one that put the idea in my heart years, decades ago. Every time I questioned him, every time I wrestled with the idea with him, he provided me with the same answer. And that answer was validated with scripture. In fact, the same scripture every time. And so I continued to pursue that dream. I did take care of both my parents in the last years of their life. But the words of that one family member haunted me. They painted such an ugly picture of destruction and failure that I allowed it to steal my joy in the first few years of taking care of my parents until I recognized it and through prayer eliminated it. Several years in to taking care of my parents, it was my pastor that pointed out that when God gives us a vision for something he wants us to do and those closest to us are opposed to it, that's a pretty good sign that it is from God. Taking care of my parents was the hardest and most rewarding thing I've ever done. As I look back on the experience, there were plenty of times that I grew through that experience. Personal growth, getting outside your comfort zone to allow you to grow so that you can be more effective in pursuing godly causes. But family members are not the only negative influence in our lives that can steal our dream. We live in a broken world, so negativity is all around us. Negative people are all around us. I have a dear friend that used to call me every day and regurgitate all the bad stuff that happened to her all that day, as well as in her life. She was a victim of Hurricane Katrina and often would talk about the effect it had on her. She spoke like it was just, it just happened last month or last year. My goodness, it happened in 2005. She hung on to the victim mentality. She chose to remain a victim, and I think that is so very sad. I wondered why she chose me to be her sounding board. Every time she would tell me something negative, I would try to counter it with something positive. I tried to point out that she needed a new perspective. Well, it had little effect. It was like being on a hamster wheel, and I wanted a way to jump off it. When my parents came to live with me, My dad would have Fox News on the TV all day long. I came to the conclusion that grumpy older people were grumpy because they spent their time in front of the news all day long. It consumed them and gave them a negative outlook on life. I shared this with my dad and he listened to me. He heard what I said and I know he turned it over in his mind. He tried to limit his time in front of the TV after that. He at least made an attempt to limit the influence of the news. I think he saw the effect it was having on him too, but he had created the habit of turning on the news station every day many years before he came to live with me. It was like an addiction that he couldn't eliminate. To be honest, I don't think he wanted to eliminate it, 
but he did attempt to reduce the significance in his life. The news, either television, radio, or print, is almost always negative because that is what sells. It will steal your perspective and make you think everything is hopeless. It's a huge distraction that you can that can kill your focus. Let's talk about eliminating negative influences. So with all this negativity around us, how can you stop or limit its influence on you and your cause? The first way is quite simple because you can eliminate it without offending anyone. Stop watching, listening, or reading the news. I told my negative friend, the one that called me every day with negativity, that I don't watch the news and suggested that she stop too. You know what she did? She would call me and tell me what is on the news at that moment as she was listening to it. I had to tell her gently that I don't watch the news because I don't want to hear it. Not even from her. Taking a step away from her was like, well, that was a more difficult thing to do. I truly care about her. They say that you become like the five people that you are closest to. <clears throat> Take a look at your closest friends. Are they positive people? Do you want to be more like them? If the answer is no, it is time to find people that you admire and become friends with them. I know, easier said than done. I remember suggesting to my negative friend that she seek counseling. I had become her counselor and I was not qualified, nor did I want that job. I suggested that she seek professional counseling because I care about her. I believe it would really help her tremendously. I thought it was the right thing to do, and I still believe that. However, she was extremely offended by my suggestion and told me after a few days of silence to never suggest that to her again. She didn't hear my desire to help her. What she heard is that I thought she was crazy. Sad, isn't it? I began to not accept her calls as often. I filled my daily schedule with positive work <clears throat> that aligned with my cause. I wasn't available to her as much as before. That was difficult, but I knew I needed to separate myself from all her negativity. We are still friends and we speak only a couple times a month now and see each other every once in a while. She is still filled with negativity, but I am no longer subjected to it every day. You can't change people, but you can limit their influence on you. Through my work with this podcast, God provided me with new friends. They are friends with the mindset similar to my own. It's a beautiful thing when that happens. They encourage me, lift me up, pray with me, and are cheerleaders for my success. I had to determine for myself what was good for me and what was not. I determined my perspective was not going to be changed based on anyone's opinion. The only opinion that truly matters to me is God's. As long as I was pursuing his counsel, I could focus on what he put in me to do. But what about family? You can't separate yourself from family, can you? As much as you might want to, it seems like an impossible thing, right? For me, family separated themselves from me. It was incredibly painful, and I believe that one day, in God's timing, he will restore those relationships. That is my prayer. I am not suggesting that you separate yourself from family members. <clears throat> family is a very important part of our life. I'm just revealing to you what happened with me, and there is a whole lot more to the story. And much of it I don't currently understand. 
I expect someday it will become clear. But for now, it seems that God has separated me from them in order for me to stay focused on what he has for me to do. He has limited their influence on me, and I am grateful for that. Perhaps he wants to strengthen me so that when he brings them back into my life, I have the strength and the success he wants them to see in me. It's just a thought. So now we are driven by our cause, are we not? It's what motivates us to work harder, fill up our schedules every day with tasks to that end. If we're not careful, though, we become consumed with activity. And at times, it can appear like we're pedaling as fast as we can, but the bike we're on is a stationary bike. We don't seem to be making any progress. All work and no play makes for a very unhappy philanthropist. We need to take time to be good to ourselves. I have planned downtime in my daily schedule. I am a planner, and that's a good and a bad thing. I have my schedule planned out for three months at a time. I've learned, though, that schedules need to be flexible and changeable. Taking a step back from all the activities is an important element in problem solving. You know those problems that seem to come to mind when you finally lay your head down to sleep at night? They keep you awake. And when you do finally go to sleep, you wake up the next morning feeling like you wrestled with those problems all night long. You don't feel refreshed and rejuvenated. Instead, you feel like you've done battle and are battle weary. When that happens, it's time to clear your schedule and take some time for you. Turn off your phone. Yikes. (laughs) Turn off your computer and take a walk or read a good book. Oftentimes when I do that, the solution to the problem reveals itself. It's strange how that happens, but it seems to happen for me all the time. Now let's talk about sleep. If you're driven like me, you have an attitude that you'll sleep when you're done. You begin staying up late to do the work activities because late at night the phone stops ringing, the house is quiet, and you feel like you can focus far better. But here's the thing. You're never done. There's always more to do. Always. The problem is you can't be up early in in the morning to get work done because you're up late at night, so it creates a new problem. When do you actually sleep? I like getting up early and tackling the day. I like getting things done early in the morning. I do my best work early in the morning. But if I stay up too late at night, it kills that effectiveness, and I spend an entire day trying to play catch-up. Having a regular sleep schedule and sticking to it takes a lot of self-discipline and it's something I'm focusing on this year. When I'm well-rested, I can do better work and allowing downtime is essential to solving problems as well. So find a balance between work and downtime that works best for you and don't discount the value of sleep. A good seven or eight hours per night is essential to staying healthy. It is the time when your body heals itself. So take care of you so you can take care of your cause. When God speaks, there is always opposition. I covered this a bit in the beginning segment about negativity. I'd like to start with a scripture, Isaiah 40, verses 29 to 31, which says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and fall. And young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. 
They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Here I want to share with you something that happened recently. If you listen to episode number 50, published a few weeks ago, I spoke about my new cause, Amina Africa, and how over a period of a couple of weeks, God revealed his plan for funding this cause. It was really a beautiful thing. Each day, God revealed a new piece of the puzzle. And though it seemed to change a little each day, it all came together with the last piece being the name of the cause. I was excited to present it to my board of directors. These are the folks that have come alongside me to help our pastor in Uganda. I told you that after presenting it to the board, that most of them received it well. One did not. He was a relatively new member of the board and had contributed a lot financially in helping our pastor. For whatever reason, he thought that his contributions gave him a greater say in what we did as a board than the other members of the board. As days passed after the reveal at the board meeting, he apparently took the information that was shared at the board meeting to people outside of our board of directors. They started calling me and were trying to convince me not to pursue this new direction. I admit it took me totally off guard. He called me and began to oppose the new cause. It's kind of funny because I basically had the mindset that God gave me the idea, the plan, the whole thing. So if he had a problem with it, he needed to take that up with God. I'm just the messenger. That attitude was the key to sticking to the plan. It helped me to stick to what God told me and diffuse a potentially disruptive negative influence. His point of view was not from a Christian point of view. It was from a worldly one. He saw this new plan as one that was going to financially hurt him and shared that with people outside of the board of directors that were also going to potentially lose their financial benefit from what we were doing. God revealed to me who this man was, where his treasure is. God's word tells us that where your heart is, there is where your treasure is. His treasure was in money and financial gain. It was not in helping African pastors and Christian leaders gaining economic empowerment. It certainly did not align with the members of my board of directors. He even threatened to resign from the board. Well, I removed him. Now, for some, that might appear to be a loss, a loss of an influential board member, a loss of a financial contributor. But the reality is we are focused on our cause, starting with um, Pastor Charles and allowing it to grow with other pastors and Christian leaders all over Africa. Having a board member that is not, is more focused on how this affects them financially simply doesn't align with the values of this board of directors. He even tried to influence me by reminding me how much he had contributed financially to Pastor Charles, as if to say, you need me because I have money. He wanted to take personal credit for Pastor Charles' success. That's a selfish, self-centered, and self-serving demon spirit. And his decision to share the private matters of what was revealed on that board of directors meeting with people outside of the board was received as a huge sign of where his heart and treasure is. Over about a week's time, he came at me and another member of the board with everything he had to try to stop our plan. There were numerous phone calls with the non-board member already three-wayed in, unbeknown to us, when we accepted the call. It was a mess. 
I was called names that were ugly. I was accused of having no integrity. It was hurtful. It was a battle. It was a test of our resolve. But guess what? God wins. God always wins. The battle is his, not ours. We choose to walk by faith and not by sight. Amina Africa was born and there was no turning back from what God creates through us. We're not putting this genie back in the bottle just because people oppose it for their own financial reasons. When God speaks something into you, know that he is going to see it through with you. Stand your ground. Do battle for him. But know that he is right there with you. In Isaiah 41 verses 9 through 11, it says, I took you from the ends of the earth, from the farthest corners I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. I am so excited about Amina Africa because it is God's idea. How many African pastors and Christian leaders are we going to be able to help to becoming economically empowered? I don't know what that number will be, but I do know it will far exceed all of our expectations. See, he is doing a beautiful thing. He is making a way when there it didn't seem to be one, and his way are far greater than our own. As you know, I like simple prayers. And so I'd like to close out this episode with one that, again, came from my pastor. Jesus, today help us trust you and surrender to your plans. Strengthen us, help us, and remind us we're in your hands. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and were inspired by the content that was presented. Don't forget to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes are available. For more information about anything on today's show, head on over to causetalkradio.com. Click on the podcast link to locate this episode's post. There you'll find all the information covered on today's podcast, including links for easy navigation.